What's going on, everyone? Welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking our top 15 must-own players for the 2021 fantasy football season. These are the guys that I will be targeting across all leagues, across all formats, because simply put, they have league-winning upside. So make sure to tune in. If you enjoy it, hit that like button, subscribe. Let us hear it in the comment section. Do you agree, disagree? Who else would you put on this list? And what questions do you guys have for us? We will do our best to answer them all. And lastly, check us out online at alldaypigskin.com. And while you're there, get yourself a copy of the 2021 ADP Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Everything you want at a great value. Details in the description. But with that being said, let's get into it. And you can see we've got our list pulled up here. I've tried to organize these guys in descending ADP. Keep that in mind. But without further ado, we kick it off with Austin Eckler, running back of the LA Chargers. And if you guys have been keeping up with us this offseason, you know how we feel about Eckler. We have been banging the drum for him since March. He is the running back we are hanging our hat on. He's going probably at the end of the first, maybe early second, depending on the size of your leagues, the formats, doesn't matter. We came out with our recent running back rankings for this year. We have him as a top three running back. Yes, that's in PPR formats, but the fact of the matter is Austin Eckler will be sensational regardless of the formats, because if there's three running backs in the NFL in the fantasy football landscape that have a realistic chance of getting a thousand thousand season, they are as follows. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, and Austin Eckler. The reason for that, Eckler, first and foremost, he is on a team that has one of the most improved offensive lines in the NFL during free agency, during the NFL draft. That was a priority for the Chargers. Second of all, they have got a young and upcoming quarterback that targets the running back and loves Eckler and Justin Herbert. And on top of that, Eckler is in an offense where if he's not the 1A option, he's the 1B in terms of pass catchers behind Keenan Allen. Let's not forget the new coaching staff that has come to the LA Chargers. They have got previous connections with guys like Alvin Kamara. I really do believe Eckler is on a similar type of course as we've seen in years prior to an Alvin Kamara in terms of usage, in terms of how he's going to thrive in this offense as a pass catcher, as a rusher. I love everything about Eckler. And quickly, I want to dispel these injury rumors. People are saying he's not going to hold up during the season. He's injury prone. That is completely asinine. The fact of the matter is, other than last year, there's nothing people can point to. And last year, the injury he suffered was in week four. That is not telling of a late season injury where your body is breaking down. That's just an injury that happens. Just like guys like McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley get hurt. Guess what? It happens. But other than last year, Eckler has literally played every single game other than one year where he played 14 of 16 games. This guy is not injury prone. Forget about that narrative. Right now, if you can get him at the end of the first round, even early second round, you are committing highway robbery. This guy is a top three running back in PPR formats. Take that to the bank. Let's move on though. Clyde Edwards-Alaire of the Kansas City Chiefs. We really like Alaire to potentially be one of the biggest bounce back candidates at the running back position this season. Okay, we get it. You were burned by him last season. That's probably because we overpriced him. He was a top five, top six, top seven selection. And for the most part, he was doing all right. But then Le'Veon Bell comes to town and the volume just absolutely goes down the drain. 
But now CEH is on a team where no more Le'Veon Bell, no more Damian Williams. He is the guy. Let's not forget the Chiefs made him the first running back drafted in the 2020 NFL draft for a reason. They want to utilize this guy. He is a good dual threat running back. And right now there's some recency bias here. He's going towards the end of the second round, maybe sometimes third round. I'd be perfectly fine. Anywhere you draft him in the second round, he's versatile. He's a good pass catcher. He's on one of the best offenses in the NFL with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They want to utilize this guy. And honestly, I think we're going to see what we kind of hoped for from CEH in 2020 just a year later. Take advantage of this recency bias. The fact that people were hurt by him and now have him, you know, kind of ranked a little bit too low, that overcorrection, take advantage of it. CEH, by all accounts, will bounce back this season. Positive touchdown regression is incoming. He will be utilized. He will succeed as a rusher and as a pass catcher. Moving on, we've got Keenan Allen of the LA Chargers. And as you can tell, we like this LA Chargers offense. Everything we said about Austin Eckler holds true for Keenan Allen, who year after year is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the NFL. Now I get it. He is more of a PPR type of wide receiver. I agree with that because he doesn't have the same upside of a Tyree Kill, of a Devontae Adams, for example, but he has one of the highest floors in the NFL because he's going to get you like seven to nine receptions per game. Other than him and Austin Eckler, there's really nobody reliable on this offense. Targets are incoming for Keenan Allen. He's going in the early to mid to even end of the third round. That is absolutely ludicrous. Keenan Allen in full PPR scoring is a top 10 wide receiver. The volume will be there. More importantly, the consistency will be there for Keenan Allen. Him and Justin Herbert are going to be a dangerous combination. We saw it last year. We're going to see it this year. He is absolutely undervalued, underrated, disrespected. Don't be the person that passes up on Keenan Allen. He can absolutely be wide receiver one for your team. Moving on, we've got Chris Carson of the Seattle Seahawks. And Carson is a guy that, similar to Keenan Allen, I feel like he's the Allen of the running back position, underrated every single year, but quietly he does everything well. He's on a team that wants to utilize the rushing attack. He's easily, you know, going to reach the 1,000 yard rushing mark, and he's an undervalued pass catcher. Don't get me started on the running backs behind him. Rashad Penny can't stay healthy really ever since entering the NFL. Chris Carson, even when the Seattle Seahawks go on these lulls of up and down, hot and cold type of games, he is the most consistent piece in that because again, the rushing attack is something that Pete Carroll wants to prioritize. Carson is going, you know, middle of the third round, sometimes in the fourth round. I think he has top 12 running back upside, you know, worst case scenario, low end RB1, high end RB2. The fact that he's going to get around 35 receptions, if not easily more, uh, makes me want to target him across all formats. He's that goal line running back for the Seattle Seahawks. He can get those tough yards. And again, he is somebody that Russell Wilson also looks to in those short passes. And he's the primary guy there for Seattle at that position. I love Chris Carson at his current value. Continuing on, we've got Daryl Henderson of the LA Chargers. Obviously, Henderson is here because of the injury to Cam Akers. Unfortunate, but somebody has to step up and it looks to be Henderson. Time has passed and it doesn't seem like the Rams are going to replace you know, Cam Akers with anybody else or bring in any help, which means Henderson 
is the guy. Now, again, I don't think he's going to be a one-for-one replacement. Akers was being drafted at the end of the first round, early second round. Henderson, though, even if he's not the one-to-one replacement, you know, even if he's like 70, 80% of that, what Cam Akers could have been, he's still being drafted at the end of the third round, sometimes early fourth round, again, depending on your leagues, depending on where you're drafting, which to me is great value. This is one of the best offenses the Rams have had with Matthew Stafford in town. That's going to elevate the situation for everyone offensively. The defense is great. It's going to lead to more scoring opportunities. I love this combination for Daryl Henderson. He's in that similar tier to me as a Chris Carson. Yes, he doesn't have that long, you know, example of bona fide work and results like a Chris Carson. He kind of really had his first chance last season, but even in those limited opportunities, we saw some flashes. And now when he's really the main guy there, I think Henderson can do it for a sustained period of time, similar to a Chris Carson. I think he'll be right around that top 12 running back mark. And for somebody that's going again in the late third, early fourth, that is a steal. Moving on, we've got Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. To me, Cooper is somebody that's a little bit unfairly been devalued just because people are falling in love with CeeDee Lamb. But look, a month and a half, two months ago, Amari Cooper was the top Dallas wide receiver drafted. Then he goes on the pup list and people elevate CeeDee Lamb like crazy. But in reality, these two guys probably should be ranked pretty close together. And that's how we're looking at them. Now, Amari Cooper off the pup list. Look, last season when Dak Prescott was healthy, Amari Cooper was leading these wide receivers in pretty much every single category of importance, more so than C.D. Lamb. And worst case scenario here, I think we see a 1A to 1B situation uh, in terms of these wide receivers. I mean, hell, Dak Prescott, we saw the Cowboys give him the keys to this offense. He was on pace for between 6,000 to 7,000 yards passing. Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that again, or he's going to sustain that trajectory. But the fact of the matter is, this offense can sustain two very fantasy relevant wide receivers. I think Amari Cooper should be drafted right around CeeDee Lamb. In reality, he's being drafted towards the end of the fourth round. That's about a round, a round and a half later than CeeDee Lamb. And I love the value for pretty much somebody that's in a very similar situation to Lamb. Moving on, we've got Cooper Cup of the LA Rams. I think is, you know, pretty much the same thing as Amari Cooper. The CeeDee Lamb of this situation is Robert Woods. Uh, but I will say Cooper Cup is being drafted closer to Robert Woods than Cooper is to C.D. Lamb. Uh, with Cooper Cup, again, last year, Robert Woods was the better wide receiver. But in terms of, you know, stats, other than touchdowns, these guys pretty much put up identical stats. And since touchdowns are so variable, that can change every single season. It's so tough to predict. I'm just looking at the upside for these two players with Matthew Stafford on the team. Uh, this is the best group that, you know, this offense has ever had. This is the best quarterback these wide receivers have had. These are the best wide receivers that Stafford has had. I think Coop, uh, Cooper Cup can even potentially easily outscore Robert Woods. If that happens, I would not be shocked at all. Both these guys are players that I think will thrive in this offense. Cooper Cup has that big blow-up potential. Yes, sometimes he can be inconsistent, but when you insert a guy like Matthew Stafford, who's thrown for over 5,000 yards passing in years prior, I think that's going to kind of raise the floor for every single one of these wide receivers. And if I can get Cooper Cup around later than Robert Woods for somebody that pretty much has the same upside, I will pull the trigger on that all day long. Moving on, we've got Deontay Johnson of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Deontay Johnson kind of 
you know, broke out a little bit last season, not fully uh, until kind of the Steelers realized what they had in him and how to utilize him. Some people are going to say he struggles with drops, but guess what? The Steelers and Big Ben, more importantly, continue to go to him. He has the highest upside out of any one of these wide receivers on the Steelers offense. I think it's him and Chase Claypool, but Deontay Johnson has the higher yardage upside and the higher reception upside. Again, touchdowns probably give the advantage to Chase Claypool, but Deontay Johnson has serious promise this season. He's somebody that you can get in the fourth round, sometimes in the fifth round. To me, the Steelers are still probably going to rely on these wide receivers. The offensive line has still got to improve. I don't think it's where it needs to be. We saw last season, they were one of the worst rushing teams in the NFL. They relied on their pass catchers. I think it's going to be a similar situation this year. And Deontay Johnson has emerged to be the guy, a full season, fully healthy. I think Deontay Johnson can absolutely break out and has low end wide receiver one upside. Moving on, we've got Kyler Murray, my favorite tier one quarterback in terms of where you can get him. Because the fact of the matter is Patrick Mahomes probably going to be the first quarterback that goes in your draft somewhere in the end of the second, third round. But you can get a Lamar Jackson or a Kyler Murray around and a half to later. And that's a big deal because in that span, you can load up on a running back and a wide receiver. And at the end of the day, what's the separation between Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes going to be? Because Kyler Murray is... I think the most balanced rushing and uh, passing quarterback in the NFL. He probably has the second highest rushing ceiling in terms of quarterbacks behind Lamar Jackson, maybe third highest if you include Jalen Hurts in that conversation as well. But he's going to get you between 500 to 800 yards passing. He's in an extremely uh, offensive friendly type of team with guys like a DeAndre Hopkins, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, Edmonds, James Conner. Kyler Murray is going to be in a great situation to succeed. I think he's basically a discount version of Patrick Mahomes two rounds later. That is an absolute steal. If you want to invest in a tier one quarterback, why do that in the third round when you can do it in the fifth round and pretty much get the exact same upside, if not higher with Kyler Murray. Getting to our 10th name here on the list, we have got Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. And I think this is more so a situation of people falling in love with DK Metcalf and nothing wrong with that because he broke out last season. But let's not forget about Tyler Lockett, who actually led this team in terms of receptions and in terms of yardage, he can absolutely rival DK Metcalf too. Yes, touchdowns are probably going to be maybe the deciding factor at all uh, here, but I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Tyler Lockett potentially have a better season than DK Metcalf. And if you want to call both these wide receivers a little bit risky because of the inconsistencies the Seattle offense has, sure, no problem. But in that scenario, which one of these wide receivers do you want since they both have their question marks? I'm going to go with a much cheaper version. DK Metcalf is going in the middle to the end of the second round. Tyler Lockett, like in the fifth round, that is absolutely insane. When it's all said and done, this guy is going to get close to 100 receptions. Uh, volume has gone up for him. I think people are kind of just forgetting about that. You know, years prior, he was somebody that was more of a target in standard scoring formats, but he's elevated his game. And I think he can be somebody that you can rely on. He can be a league winning type of selection in the fifth round. That is an absolute steal. And even though there might be in some inconsistencies, a bit of a roller coaster ride, I think there's a very good chance at the end of the year, Lockett is a top 15 wide receiver. Moving on, we've got TJ Hawkins, my absolute favorite tight end for this 2021 season. 
And he is the Austin Eckler of the tight end position for me. I think he is going to be the Darren Waller of 2021. You look at it, he is the most reliable target for the Detroit Lions. Yes, Jared Goff is there. It's no longer Matthew Stafford. But guess what? Jared Goff has supported guys like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods before for fantasy success. He can do it in Detroit as well. And the Lions have come out and said it. TJ Hawkinson could very well lead this team in every single receiving category from receptions to targets to yards to touchdowns. It would not shock me one bit. We've seen that he is capable of doing it in terms of, you know, producing on the field. And he's in one of those scenarios with Kenny Galladay gone, with Marvin Jones gone. He is the best pass catcher on this team, similar to what Darren Waller did last year. The volume should be there. And I think Hawkinson, for somebody that you can get in the fifth round, like, you know, three rounds later than the top tier guys is an absolute steal. And come this time next year, I think we're going to be talking about TJ Hawkinson as a tier one tight end. So get ahead of that price increase while you still can. Next up, we've got T Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals. And I think Higgins is one of those cases again, where he is just the discount version of the great wide receivers on his team, because people are falling in love with Jamar Chase. But guess what? T. Higgins is still there, and you can get him probably around later. Sure, Jamar Chase has that connection with Joe Burrow from their time at LSU. He was an early round selection, and the Bengals passed up at an offensive lineman, but Chase is still a rookie wide receiver. It might take him a little bit time to adjust to the NFL. In the meanwhile, T. Higgins has a year of experience. He showed he could be successful during that time, and now I think he's right on that same level as Jamar Chase. In fact, maybe potentially higher upside in terms of yards, in terms of receptions, uh, maybe even touchdowns as well. I think this is a similar situation to the Steelers. You know, you've got your Tyler Boyd in that juju role, and then Higgins and Chase fighting it out for that 1A and 1B wide receiver on the squad. Now, I'm not saying that Jamar Chase won't be great, but when you can get T. Higgins, who to me has very similar upside, I think both these guys should be ranked one right uh, next to the other. And in fact, I'd have T. Higgins ahead of Jamar Chase, just because again, of the learning curve, then you take the deal on the guy that you can get cheaper. And usually that is T Higgins come September. If you can still get him around later to me, that is a steal. This defense still has some catching up to do. I think it's going to be heavy pass attacking type of team and Higgins is going to be heavily involved. So I like him as a discount version of what could potentially be the top wide receiver for the Bengals. Moving on here, we've got Matthew Stafford at the quarterback position. And to me, Matthew Stafford is a great late round quarterback, like in the eighth, ninth, 10th round, depending on the size of your leagues, because he has top five upside. No question about it. He's somebody that's had over 5,000 yards passing before. I said it previously. I think this is the best offense, the best team Stafford has ever had around him. You've got Cup, you've got Robert Woods, you've got Higby, you've got Henderson, and you've got a sensational defense to back you up. This is a complete team. And Matthew Stafford is probably being drafted as 10th, 11th, 12th overall quarterback. Yes, he's not the sexy young name like some of these other quarterbacks, but he's proven. And I think this could be a situation similar to what Brady did last season in Tampa Bay, but with a lot more consistency. Uh, Yes, Matthew Stafford is on a new team, but he's still younger. The Rams are in win-now mode. They're in a very, very tough uh, division, and they're going to need Matthew Stafford to perform every single week. If anything, also, I think the Cam Akers injury uh, for him being out for the entire season potentially makes this offense a little bit more pass-heavy, which will only make things better for Matthew Stafford. If you've punted on the quarterback position and you've gotten to the 8th, ninth, 10th round, I'm perfectly fine with Matthew Stafford as my quarterback one. 
Moving on, we've got Antonio Brown here, 14th overall. And I've said this before about the Tampa Bay Buck wide receivers, but all these guys have similar upsides. I think they all end up as mid-level wide receiver twos. And since Godwin and Evans are going like in the third, fourth round, uh, I'm going to take the cheapest option. And Antonio Brown by far is the cheapest option. He's going about four or five rounds later in the eighth round around that in terms of ADP. That is absolutely insane. He has chemistry with Tom Brady. We saw it last season. You want to make a case about Mike Evans? Mike Evans just kept getting more and more inconsistent as the year went on. As Godwin returned from injury, as Antonio Brown joined the team, it was touchdowns that saved him. He became very touchdown dependent. When all these three guys were on the field, I'm not saying you know any one of them are going to be wide receiver ones, but they were both producing getting similar types of stats, similar type of looks. And for that reason, I think Antonio Brown at the discount, you can get him. And the fact that he's pretty much very likely going to produce similar types of stats as a Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, the touchdowns will be the key point here. Uh, You take the cheapest option that is AB by far. And lastly, here we conclude with Russell Gage of the Atlanta Falcons. I love Russell Gage. You can get him in the double digit rounds without Julio Jones that opened up a lot of opportunities for numerous players. Yes, for Calvin Ridley, but we already know he's a stud. More importantly, probably Kyle Pitts. The community loves Kyle Pitts as that next generational tight end. But guess what? Rookie tight ends don't necessarily pan out every single season. Actually, in fact, pretty tough to do. So I think that opens things up for Russell Gage. Russell Gage is in an offense with Matt Ryan. They've got that chemistry. Gage stepped up last season while Julio Jones was hurt successfully, I might add. And on top of that, this is an offense that is continuously top five in terms of pass attempts. This team is still far away from being a run first team. While Matt Ryan is there, they will be pass heavy. That is what he does best. They're in a high scoring division. I think Gage will have plenty of opportunities. Would not surprise me if he is on the door knocking for a thousand yard season. So with that, we wrap up our top 15 must-own player breakdown for the 2021 season. And as always, let us hear in the comment section. Did you agree? Disagree? Uh, If you enjoyed, hit that like button, subscribe. And lastly, check us out online at alldaypigskin.com. While you're there, get yourself a copy of the 2021 ADP Fantasy Football Draft Guide. Everything you want at a great price. Details in the description. But in the meantime, we'll see you guys in future videos.